Bible says. What? The Bible says. What? What does this Bible say? What? Say what? Say what? What does the Bible say? The Bible says. What? Well, hey, 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 grace and peace to everyone out there. Welcome to the Bible Says What podcast. My name is Paul DeZay. It's good to be with you from Columbus, Indiana, and this is my buddy. Hey, I'm John Gibson. I'm here from rainy Ohio today. Looking forward to this Bible Says What conversation with you, Pastor Paul. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're going to be beginning a, a little jaunt. Is that, is that a word? Jaunt? A jaunt. We're going to stroll. <laughs> we're going to frolic into a new thing. <laughs> Yeah, this is like this it. new little. We're going to wander through the Garden of Miracles. So uh, yes. yeah, we're going to talk about miracles today, and and maybe uh, a few more sessions. And because uh, this is an important topic, man. Miracles is is very divisive. Like uh, people believe in miracles, people don't believe in miracles, uh, and and people are all over the place. And uh, I I don't have any answers, but I love this conversation. So. You mean we're not going to talk about this and give definitive <laughs> answers? I'm gone. I'm out. <laughs> like yeah, no all doubt. of our podcasts audience just left paul thank you for that well, that was good <laughs> well, I, I think they know us uh by now that we're hopefully so we just we just yeah. love conversation we love digging into this stuff so hey welcome yeah. everybody thanks so much for being a part of the bible says what community uh for downloading subscribing and participating in the conversation we appreciate it very much and so thanks again and uh yeah this is gonna be a com- good conversation uh pastor john gibson yeah, and if you're with us too, like Paul said, we appreciate you. You click subscribe right now. We'd love for you to and share on social media and share in podcast world. And you can find us or you found your way to us anywhere where podcasts live. But we are grateful. Uh, I believe we're almost to 4,000 uh, downloads now. So getting a bigger audience. So we're grateful nice. for just all the folks jumping on. And um, we want to encourage you to go back and listen. We have quite not a huge library, but there, it's a growing library of of things, topics we've discussed. So feel free to go back and, and listen to those and grab onto them and might be something fun in the future, maybe to hit on some of our other topics too, Pastor Paul, but that's another thing for another day. So. Yeah. Yeah. So miracles, man, miracles. So what are we going to talk about today? I don't know. Do they happen? Don't they happen? Why do they happen sometimes? What did I do wrong so that they didn't happen to me? I mean, all I'm sure there's people listening right now asking all of those same questions and many others, but um, I don't know. Makes sense to me. We should probably jump into the Bible first, since our namesake of our podcast is the Bible says what. Maybe we can uh, navigate through a, a miracle in the Scripture and maybe talk about how that applies to our life and what happens in miracles in our current day right now. I think all the good good stuff we can talk about. Lots of lots of ammo for the conversation today. Where should we start? Yeah. Man? So. If- well, let, let's uh, let's jump into the book of Acts. There is this amazing story in chapter nine, uh, a a healing, a miracle for sure. Uh, call it a resurrection, if you will. And uh, it's uh, pretty cool. So, John, take us yeah. away. So we're going to read uh, chapter nine of the book of Acts, which is a follow up of the book of Luke. Luke, if uh, you're a, a Bible reader out there and you uh, they're. They're great to read together, Luke's account of the scriptures, and then jumping right into the New Testament account of the book of Acts. And that's what the book of Acts is. It's the Holy Spirit coming upon the church and and going out into all the world. And here we find the scene. Um, 
with a lady named Tabitha or Dorcas. I love that we get her both her names, uh, and I love preaching on this every year when it comes around. But we're going to hear about uh, Dorcas. Starting in chapter 9, verse 36, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. And about that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room, and Lydia was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydia, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room, and all the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. And Peter sent them all out of the room, and then he got down on his knees and he prayed. And turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up, and he took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. And this became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Pretty amazing story. Yeah. A resurrection. You know, I was thinking about this. It's kind of interesting. We always focus on the resurrection, but Tabitha, along with Lazarus, and I don't know how many others were resurrected in scripture off the top of my head, but they were the lucky few who got to be resurrected. But also, we don't think about it this way, but they were also the lucky few who got to die twice. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I guess like, I guess it's a bonus, thanks, but yeah. Jesus, like what? Uh, no, we don't I think about I gotta that. Gotta go often. through this again. <laughs> I gotta die yeah, twice. Yeah. So were they really lucky or <laughs> I always think that's funny. It tickles my yeah, funny run a little that's bit. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the first thing I noted the first thing I noticed when we you read that text was uh that uh Tabitha uh was a part of a community in Joppa. Yeah, Joppa reminds me of something. I think. Uh, where does it remind me of? I, I know are you I'm going like there somewhere. Are you, are you really going to do that? <laughs> are you going to say yeah. Java? Java the Hutt? No, 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 no. But by, by, by the way, no, no, no. That, that is good though because this is a Star Wars month, right? I know it's May the Fourth. Yeah. yeah, I totally yeah, thought yeah. you were going there. I t- <laughs> well, no, tell me now. I'm really good, curious. Though. You're not no, talking about Java. You're going to talk about Joppa. I was like. Jonah, right? Jonah went to Joppa. Jonah was in Joppa. Yeah, yeah. It reminds yeah. me of, of Jonah. And Peter's name, his last name is Bar Jonah, or or uh, of the family of Jonah. So it's just an interesting little. I imagine if we cool wanted to connection. do some really cool connecting typology kind of stuff, we could kind of trace the comparison between Peter and the story and uh, yeah. Jonah. Because and in a lot anyway, of ways, anyway, Jonah, another resurrection story, really, for Jonah. You know, in the belly of the yeah, whale yeah. and spit out and. Yeah, fan, that's really fascinating. All right, sorry, sorry about that distraction, but, you know, me and Bible Nuggets, I kind of get it. lost there. Well, at least we Java, talk about Java. No, I, <laughs> I was like, you're going to go real shallow here, man. And then you went deep. Yeah. I'm like, I'm totally disoriented right now. <laughs> I live there. So. Yeah. All right, so, so we see this miracle. Fascinating, right? We see, yeah, we see a miracle. Tabitha, well, she's doing great stuff. By the way, I, I guess that it translates gazelle. That's her name, means gazelle. But this Tabitha Dorcas gazelle, is doing great stuff for the Lord, right? She's like uh, serving. She is, is listed as a female disciple, the only place in the New Testament that that wording is there in the Greek. And uh, she's doing great stuff. She's probably leading a house church. She's she's a leader in her community. She's doing great stuff. And then, and then she dies. She's gone, like doing great stuff and then dead the next day, right? Yeah. And uh, we all know the heartbreak of losing family members uh, quickly and suddenly and not being prepared for uh, that and and this community is like devastated 
And so they call on uh, Mr. Simon Peter, uh, who has been in the miracle business ever since the resurrection. Uh, back in um, Acts 4, I think it was, we were a few weeks ago in the lectionary and uh, people were taking uh, bodies or sick people out into the road, hoping that Peter's shadow would pass by. Yeah. I mean, Peter's like turned from a bozo to a miracle worker now. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the realities, I'm always struck by that too. The, the realities, we, we kind of... And maybe we could talk about this a little bit, too, as we dive in here, because we always talk about miracles as like this other really in in many ways, uh, these otherworldly occurrences, right? These supernatural things that happen outside of the regular order of our physical world that we live in. Here we have an instance of death, sickness, whatever. And um, the miracle is is subverting that reality, right? In kind of a super physical way. Somebody who is dead is raised to life. But it's. Really, as I look into it, I see like the echoes of Jesus's prayer uh, that he tells us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I almost see this just really as, especially in the book of Acts, Jesus has, has died. He's resurrected, which in itself is a miracle, right? But it's the inbreaking. We're seeing these little hints of the inbreaking of the kingdom of heaven, I think, right here in our physical world where death no longer gets to reign. And Peter comes someone who has a face that's been unveiled. He's seen the revelation of Jesus and what Jesus is bringing into the world. And all around Peter, the kingdom is breaking in, you know? And I wonder if miracles really are just moments where the veil is being lifted a little bit. It says that in the passage in Hebrews I was reading just this morning, that we who with veiled faces now have seen the revelation of Christ and have unveiled faces, like the veil that was taken away from the from the temple and the presence of the spirit of God is let into those who believe. I think in many ways, this miracle or miracles we see in the scriptures are really those moments where that unveiling is happening and we're able to see the inbreaking of the kingdom. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I, I think if you look at like Jesus's life, every miracle was a signpost that was pointing to this kingdom or the new heavens and the new earth, this future reality that we talked about in the last session when we talked about life after life after death, right? This new yeah. heavens and the new earth and, and all that that means. And, and, and I believe that's continuing through Peter and the apostles and, and even through the works of Tabitha with her, with her hands and, and creating clothing and everything. It's this signpost of, of heaven coming and breaking into earth. I love that. I, mean, I think that brings context to miracles. Why do miracles happen? Uh, miracles happen not because somebody uh, is is a uh, prayed more than another person. Uh, maybe um, it, it's not because somebody is more skilled um, than another person, or Peter was better than John or whatever. I, I think the reason why miracles happen is God chooses them to be signposts to this future reality to give us hope for the day when heaven and earth are completely back together again. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's just my, my thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's happening. You kind of talk about that. The day when heaven and earth come fully together again. I think what we sometimes forget about as followers of Jesus, especially 2000 years now removed, we just celebrated Easter. We're supposed to be resurrection people. But what we forget is that God is always in the business of already not yet. You know, like, so Jesus began this culmination moment where heaven would meet earth, I believe, when he resurrected, he was the firstborn amongst the dead. What does that mean? 
That means the reality that Jesus was making possible for all of us who believe in him, but he was the first to subvert death to ex- and live in a kingdom way upon the earth. And so now from then till now, till when God culminates and completes the journey, I think we're, we're living in a world where heaven is breaking in. Uh, you know, actually, I was reading this, Paul, too. I'm curious what you think about this. I, I don't think that Tabitha is the only one who experienced a miracle in this story, because underneath the surface, what we kind of miss is the reality of the miracle that Tabitha was bringing about in those in the widows' lives. In an ancient world, widows were, they had nothing. They were they were nothing. They had no connection to be able to provide for themselves. They had no community. They had no resource. They really were less than less than nothing. And yet Tabitha changed the reality of their lives with kingdom care. She, in a very like tangible way, what we see from the story, what did she do? She clothed them with new, and they, they said when they raised her, they, they show, or they showed Peter all their, their new robes that Tabitha had made. Uh, it's interesting, Paul, I've been doing some studying for, cause we're preaching on this on Sunday and in the revelation passage in revelation chapter seven, we have this grand, huge crowd, thousands upon ten thousands upon just countless number of saints of, of believers who are dressed in white robes and John's there and he's getting this vision. And and one of the elders says, who are all these people? And John, which is strange. He says, well, you know who they are. And then he says, yeah, these are all the people who went through the great tribulation and now are celebrating this new life where they have no more tears, no more hurts. They have, they have no more need. They've experienced the reality of the resurrected Christ in their lives. And I think very, in a very real way, as we know from Revelation and other conversations we've had, that that's a future reality, but also a current experiential reality of those who have journeyed through this journey of sin and brokenness, have found Christ like these widows. They found Christ through the life and spirit working through Tabitha and have experienced this new kingdom life. They have community and they have provision and and in a very real way, they have new robes, new clothes. And I don't think it's an accident, never is in Scripture, that they have new robes. In Revelation, we see these white robes of people who had this new experience of community. And so the other miracle, I think, in this story that I actually hadn't seen before was these widows who, without Tabitha present, you could make the case, would still be living in the grips of death and despair. And yet here, they get to experience kingdom, not just once but twice because tabitha is raised again what a cool cool thing that is that's awesome i've never seen that before so i yeah. might have to borrow that for my sermon Steal on Sunday. away that's <laughs> good man good yeah, I mean, the spirit speaking that's good stuff man yeah that's right yeah yeah so there's the, this this miracle that we see like in our face the resurrection of tabitha and then there's these other miracles that are taking place the the miracle of tabitha serving the widows right in in a marginalized society this was definitely being marginalized and tabitha being marginalized herself being a woman um in the role of a disciple right uh so everything about this speaks margins right but then there is the miracle of the community of the widows uh mourning together uh becoming in in their own way becoming uh closer together through the grieving and lamenting of this situation. Mm. Their faith is stretched to call upon Peter, not knowing what Peter will do, 
not knowing what God would do through Peter. I mean, there's something working even in the midst of this crisis uh, that's drawing these widows into community to this to this Acts two forty two to forty seven community that we read about this Pentecost community where they're becoming the family of God in a uh, miraculous way almost because it's so different than the world. Uh, so there's miracles left and right in in, in this passage, uh, and I imagine Peter probably is freaked out again like God, I, what are you doing through me? <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> right? Yeah. But he, but Peter's boldness is amazing to me in this story too. Though he goes right up and sends. I, and I, actually, when you say that about Peter's trepidation, maybe maybe he sent everybody out in the room out of the room just in case. <laughs> like yeah. he knelt down I don't to pray. Know like how this is going to go. Uh, God, better show up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send everybody out just in case. Like, <laughs> nope, she's dead. <laughs> like she's with Jesus. Yeah. we can celebrate. Because <laughs> if nothing happens, I'm going to sneak out the back door. <laughs> the windows knows. were all open. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but but even uh, Peter's you know faith to come and to see what God might do, um, I think speaks to a person who again has ex- has experienced the revelation of Jesus Christ. He Jesus and his and the resurrected Christ has been revealed to Peter, which in again connects us back to so much beautiful uh, imagery that the scriptures give us to of this transition as people that we have when we encounter the resurrected Christ, when we have a revelation of Jesus. And even the book of revelation begins with what this is a revelation, not period. This is a revelation of Jesus Christ and the whole of scripture is. So when we have that revelation, just like Peter, he's experiencing this transition of his face being unveiled. And so he begins to see the possibilities of a world where heaven is breaking in, which means that death doesn't have to be the final say in this story. And on throughout all the the scriptures, we see Peter just crazy things happening. And But I think it's important too with this passage to not forget that in the midst of these crazy miracles, there's also all kinds of other miracles that are working that sometimes we miss, like in this story, that we might miss because of the, the fanfare of the, the risen you know, the person rising from the dead, we, we see the other stuff, which I think speaks to our modern day a little bit. I don't know about. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you. So John Gibson, do miracles take place today? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, I I think this reality speaks into my heart just about how we understand miracles. You know, I think a lot of us have a perception that miracles have to be these big things. You know, we have somebody sick, we pray for them and we want them to be made well. That's a miracle. Or, you know, someone's dead. I I don't see many of us standing around cemeteries praising for people to come to life. Maybe that's a reason we don't, you know, experience that reality anymore. I don't know. Um, But I know all across the world, there's accounts of some pretty fantastic, you know, encounters of however we explain them, the mystery of heaven breaking in upon the earth. Um, So one of the challenges that I face in my own personal life, and I'm as a listener, we would be curious about what you think about this. But I think in our modern world, a lot of times, the more we learn to explain how our world works, you know, through science and our understanding, our knowledge, the more we come to terms with how our world works and functions, uh, I think the more we become attached to the reality that that is how the world works and maybe lose sight of this unveiling of our face, you know, that the mysteries of the kingdom of God, the more we hold on to how this world works, the less we're able to have an imagination for how God might enter in and do something 
unexpected, do something outside of the realm of what we could explain or know. Um, yeah, but I, but I also think that heaven's breaking in in a lot of really cool ways. I think we had miracles this past Sunday here at Living Hope. People moving from a life of brokenness into a life of healing. You know, if we understand miracles being any time that heaven breaks into our world, Anytime that the realities of the of heaven and God break into my life or experience peace or hope or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, could those be described as miracle moments where king, the kingdom of heaven breaks in upon earth? I don't know. That's not a very complete answer, but. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I, I think that, uh, you know, we live in a more modern society than the book of Acts was written in um, medical stuff is explained in a certain way. And I personally believe, and I think you do as well, is that God uses uh, medicine, um, doctors, nurses, and science to bring miracles uh, in our world today. Uh, and, you know, you, you can wrestle with this question. So in 2008, I was diagnosed with lymphoma. So I had cancer, went through six months of chemotherapy and several surgeries. And at the end of the day, I was declared in remission. Um, so God, uh, so I was healed. Was it the chemo that healed me and the surgeries and the doctors and science or was it God or, or, or could have been that God chose to use this science and medical to, uh, do a miracle of healing in my life. And I choose to look at it that way. Um, not discounting the effects of uh, medicine. I, I'm a big believer in science. Um, and I think those two worlds enter together. Uh, heaven touches earth in the midst of science. And the result, miracle. Yeah. And here's a challenge for you. I'll play the devil's advocate, right, maybe for some of our listeners today. Because I, because I think we get hung up on this point a lot of times. And, you know, don't take this the wrong way. But, Pastor Paul, are, are you – do you imagine that someday you will die? Probably. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I've figured out how to stop that one. Okay. Yet. So that's probably going to, I mean, I'm going to, uh, we can all probably all agree upon that point, right? We're, we believe we live in a world where we will die. So Tabitha, unfortunately, like Lazarus was again, one of those people who was blessed to die twice. Um, at least by all physical accounts, we don't, we don't have any account from the scripture that somehow Tabitha was transported up to heaven. So our assumption is that she died someday. Does that nullify the miracle work that was done in her life to raise her from the dead? Or when you die someday, Pastor Paul, or when I die someday, does that nullify the, the work of the miracle over your cancer? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great question. If we get back to what our initial conversation was and, and we take a look at miracles as signposts towards new heavens and new earth, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it nullifies at all. I just think right. that God has chosen – uh, for heaven to touch down on earth in the midst of this situation to be a pointer for people to uh, the, the telos or the future that he is bringing about. And so I don't think it's, it's a, it's a nullifies. I think it actually it brings uh, his story and our stories together in a greater way. Man, I like how you said that it brings his story and our stories together. And I think that's where we have perspective. Again, I had this veiled face thing in my brain today. But when we begin to see the kingdom of God as he's bringing it to bear in the world through this revelation of Jesus, we I think we're transported out of kind of our self-focus. You know, for a lot, for many of us, most of us, I would say, 
our life is pretty much tunnel visioned on my life, my experiences, my circumstances, what's going to happen with my life. But when I encounter a revelation of Jesus and I see him for who he is and he's making me new, I think we begin to have eyes to see beyond ourselves, you know, and see that we're a part of this bigger story. And so in that bigger story, if, if he does a miracle in my life, like he did in yours, Pastor Paul, and he's, and he heals you from cancer, that's not just for the benefit of your journey. You know, as a follower of Jesus, now we get to hear Pastor Paul, your story, and I get to see Jesus in you. And in that sense, the miracle serves such a great purpose because it's not just about saving your life, Pastor Paul. It's about saving the life of, of all. So that in you, they see Jesus and are pointed Absolutely. to Jesus. And I, to me, I think that's even better than God just saying, I'm going to save Pastor Paul from cancer for, for no other reason than just saving you. You know. Because... Well, and, and if that's if that's true, then it, it really is uh, about God. Yeah. Uh, it's about what he's up to and pointing people to himself. We're just the vessels of that miracle. Um um, I'm trying to think of uh, where it says uh, da, 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 da. this uh, after her miracle, Tabitha's miracle uh, says Peter uh, gave her his hand and helped her up. Uh, then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. And then verse 42, this became known throughout Joppa and many believed mm. in the Lord. I have chills. So you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, there were, and again, Tabitha was doing uh, uh, heaven and earth work, right? Through yep. the servicing of serving the widows. Uh, God was doing something special through her resurrection life. Uh, and because of that, there's a chain of events that led to Peter, Peter uh, being a vessel of God's miracle power, bringing Tabitha to life. But the end result is many people believed because of the situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so, feel I don't know. Deep, that's powerful stuff. A deep challenge in my heart then to say, what, what are my motivations? Maybe for you as a listener, what are your motivations for praying for God to intervene in your life? You know, and because this conversation invites me to see miracles in a whole new way where miracles aren't just about me praying for God to do something in my, my situation for the betterment of my experience of life. But instead, I pray for miracles to be revealed so that the kingdom of heaven might be revealed so that others who are hurting might see the Christ who has who have I who I have found as the answer to all of my questions. You know, I think that's a deep challenge, right? I'm praying for healing, not for the sake of just healing, but I'm praying for healing so that people might see that the kingdom of God is breaking in and he's their answer. I mean, that's a whole different motivation and a challenge, I think, for us today, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to discount the fact that uh, death breaks the heart of God. Uh, that yeah. doesn't discount the fact that pain breaks the heart of God. I mean, the heart of God is revealed in the life after life after death passage we read last time where uh, it says God wants to, God will wipe away the tears from our eyes, right? No more pain, right. no more death, no more. And so I think that that's God's heart. And that's where things are headed. And God desires to wipe the tears away from our eyes. Um, but to, the the reality of miracles are signposts towards that, uh, yeah. and for all to see. So, and then I think that's I don't I don't know if uh, uh, where our conversations are headed next time for our next episode. 
Um, but man, this has been good. This has been a real good conversation. Yeah, I love it. I think I was thinking for next time, Pastor Paul, that we we might talk about the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Those who dispense sometimes the miracles within the world. So supernatural realities, angels, oftentimes in the scriptures are found kind of directly in the center of stories of miracles or communication between God and his people or doing things in the world. So it might be interesting to kind of talk about how how God does that. How does God do miracles? How does he use, obviously use Peter in this passage. Sometimes he uses us. Um, so how does God reach into our world? How does God interact with us? Because we believe miracles are the kingdom of heaven breaking in. I think it might be interesting to kind of maybe talk about a passage or two or scripture, the different ways that God reaches into our reality and brings about kingdom reality. So angels and you know, agents of God maybe be a good conversation to have. And then maybe the following yeah, week we could talk about how things thwart the efforts of God. Maybe we could talk about demons and things like that too. That might be interesting. The opposing forces of, of God. Yeah, there you go, man. There you go. That's good stuff. That's great stuff. Cool. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. So, right. hey, this has been in another episode of The Bible Says What. And so hopefully today's conversation has tickled your brain and uh, motivated you to dive a little deeper into the passages of scripture. And I wish you could see John Gibson right now because he's dancing. Um, this needs to be a video cast and not yeah, just a podcast. Because, it's been a dancing sort of conversation, uh, man. I've enjoyed it. That's right. That's right. A lot, <laughs> lot of good stuff. So uh, yeah, this is uh, Paul Bizet. It's good to be with you. And I'm John Gibson. Grace and peace, everybody. The Bible says what? The Bible says what? Uh, the Bible says what? What does this Bible say? What? Say what? Say what? What does the Bible say? The Bible says what?